Welcome to the Genealogy Gems Podcast, providing quick and innovative ways to make the absolute most out of your research time and creative ideas for sharing and displaying your family history. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 62 of the Genealogy Gems Podcast. I've been down with the flu for the last two weeks, and let me tell you, I am really glad to be back at the microphone. Uh, I pretty much haven't had a voice for about two weeks now. And I want to thank my wonderful daughter, Lacey Cook, for stepping in and hosting the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast, episode 21. She did a terrific job, particularly since she fully admits that she's not quite as passionate about family history as I am. Um, but I think it's growing on her. Lacey enjoys doing theater, so this was sort of an audio theater for her, and I think she really enjoyed it. But anyway, thank you, Lacey. You're a doll for stepping up to the microphone and keeping the ship afloat. And while I was off for a few days, I noticed that some newsletter articles and podcasts came out that I was in. First was my interview on the Change Nation podcast, which you can find at first30days.com. The show is all about making improvements and changes in your life. And I got a chance to share what genealogy has meant in my life and how it can be really a positive journey for anyone, regardless of their background. So uh, that was a, a fun podcast to do, and I hope you'll check that out. Next, Jim Mowat over at the History Zine podcast um, published his episode number 14, and he invited me to be part of that show. You'll remember Jim from his linguistic bits. I love those little um, bits that he does about the history and the background of certain words and phrases um, from everyday life. But Jim has always been kind of a macro history guy. Uh, he never really understood why I was so gung-ho about doing my own family history. <laughs> Until now, that is. Jim has finally caught the bug. And he invited me to come onto his show and give kind of a sales pitch of sorts to his macro history listeners about why researching their own family history can be fascinating and actually dovetail into their love of world history. You can find the History Zine podcast in iTunes or at historyzine.com. That's historyzine.com. And I'll have a link directly to the new episode, number 14, in the show notes for this episode. And finally, Genealogy Gems was featured in the March 20th, 2009 World Vital Records newsletter. As you may know, I recently interviewed Steve Nickel, the President and Chief Operating Officer for Family Link, about their brand new website that will be launched here in the next couple of months. It's called GenSeq. And it's going to offer up some very exciting options for family historians to interact with digitized records that are currently online and the ones that are coming up in the future. And I'll have a direct link to that newsletter article in the show notes as well. And if you want to listen to the interview, check out Genealogy Gems podcast, episode 61. In today's episode, it's time to shake off winter. Are you ready? I am so ready. <laughs> and we're going to do some genealogical channel surfing. First, 
grab your surfboard and get ready to ride the wave of the final segment of my interview with Darby Hinton, who played Fess Parker's son for six years on the old Daniel Boone series. In today's episode, Darby is going to tell us all about his brand new television series that he's working on called Hinton's Living History. And he's wrangled his entire family to participate in this show. It looks really fun. Next, we'll hang 10 with Ken Marks, the executive producer of another new television series called Legend Seekers that is coming to PBS stations around the country. We spent episode 22 of the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast talking to Ken about this new show that features the discovery and portrayal of real-life family history stories. And in today's follow-up interview, Ken is going to give us a personal tour of their brand new website that just launched this week, and he's going to tell you how you can submit your own family history stories for inclusion in the series. So, grab your remote and get ready to channel surf the genealogy wave. In episode 60 of the Genealogy Gems podcast, actor and producer Darby Hinton shared what it was like growing up in Hollywood, the son of an actor, and a child actor himself. In episode 61, I got a chance to share the research that I did on the Hinton family tree with Darby and his wife, Sean, taking the Hinton family line back to his great-great-great-grandfather, William Smith Hinton, born in 1783 in North Carolina. In this final interview, Darby explains how his background in Hollywood and his interest in family history have merged together in an exciting new television series that he's producing called Hinton's Living History. So here we've talked about some of your family history and your work in uh, television portraying history, but it looks like it's kind of come full circle because, Sean and Darby, it sounds like the two of you are working on a project that's going to bring living history to television. And having done a little bit of that myself, I'm really interested. So I'd love to have you tell us more about it. Well, it's like I said, I've, I've had this fascination with the history, and it just kind of got to me that the kids, uh, I'll just speak about my kids, didn't really care about it. Oh, history's boring, who cares, and this. And, and so... What I'm trying to do now is not only get them away from the computer games and off the couch, but to show other families how they can go do it. And our first one, like I said, was in North Carolina. It was a reenactment at Fort Fisher where they got to go down and experience and the big cannons, and my kids loved it. And what I love, especially in this time right now, is that it was all free. You know, the yeah. enactments happen. It, it doesn't cost that much to get out there and actually experience this and have it come alive. And there's so many people across this country and actually around the world now that are really getting into the reenactments and reliving this and dressing up and having the old flintlocks and the blunderbust and living it. That's why I call it Hinton's Living History is, is to go and experience it. And like I said, and and that will be another part of the show, is it will also be like a travel show that when you go there, you know, I'll be saying, look, you can go to these campgrounds or this motorhome park, and, you know, you can do it the inexpensive way. 
my wife being the English, will say, and here are the five-star hotels <laughs> and the, you know, spas, the spas and the great places. And then my son that's in the rock and roll band, who's, you know, 23, these are the nightclubs and fun places. My 18-year-old, this is where those kids can go. My daughter, the zoos. And so just to... Just to get out of the house, I, I think more and more as we get along, as this technology kind of envelops and takes over our lives, it worries me that people are getting more cocooned or, or living in a box. You know, they sit in front of a box, which is the TV or the computer. They get in a box to drive to school, which is a box that they learn in. And, and it's all boxed in, and I just like to break out of some of those boxes and go experience this stuff firsthand and get a little excitement about it. And like I said, one of the wonderful things is it doesn't cost a lot of money. Exactly. I know that for so many of us who are really interested in doing genealogy and we're so excited that so much has come online, that it, it moves so much faster, we're getting to see the you know copies of the original documents online, but then we have to kind of pull back and go, I still want to make that trip. You know, there, there is something that happens when you're there in person and you're touching the papers and you're walking the ground and, um, seeing it for yourself, seeing what it was that they saw the beauty of the land or why they selected the place they eventually settled. So I just think it's a fantastic concept to put this into a modern day television show, but also, like you say, give people the tips on how to actually make it happen and what to do while you're there. Yes, I, I think it's wonderful if they watch and learn and get something from that. But my real goal is to motivate them to get out and do this. Because not only is it the history, but just I, I think as a family unit, it's great to travel together and to experience things together. And what I'm looking at through the reenactments, you know, it kept my kids' attention because they had the cannons. They were showing the the bayonets that were outlawed at Geneva Convention, but in Fort Fisher, you know, they were ripping people up. Um, the fact... Nice. <laughs> they were ripping people up. Well, that's for my, my boys. That's what, you know, that's yeah, what fascinates them. The, 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 the Ryder um, and, and Nick, I mean, they were, they were amazed by it. They were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> you know? And then my daughter, for her to hear how Rose was so important to the whole confederacy and her spine and the fact that she was actually drowned because she was smuggling gold back to help finance the confederate army and and to see that women did take an important role you know back then uh, for the whole thing too so it's something that really kind of fascinates every member of the family Exactly. Now, how did you, I guess, I can kind of get a sense of how the idea came about. You, you have a father and you've <laughs> got a family and they're sitting around. And um, when did it start to turn into this project and where do you see it going? Um, it really kind of started when I was on doing the Daniel Boone documentary. Mm-hmm. When I was back in North Carolina and exactly what you said, walking in the footsteps of Daniel Boone. This is where his cabin was on this river. This is the, um, you know, we went into the museum where they have the door of the courthouse, which he obviously, because he was a judge there, went through, and, you know, he's actually touching this stuff, and it came alive. And at that point, it just kind of struck me with, you know, this would be fascinating for my kids as well as myself. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved to travel. I, I, I think that's a great learning experience whenever you get out and experience new things. Um, 
and that's kind of how it came together. And I met a, a wonderful person in North Carolina, uh, Gail, who um, is a producer and who had the resources. And when I told this to her, instead of saying, oh, you're crazy, she said, well, that sounds a good idea. Let's, let's try doing that. So that's kind of how it came together, and that's what the two of us are, are putting together now and doing it, as well as finishing up the documentary on Daniel Boone himself. Now, before I forget, let me ask, when we can expect the documentary that you've mentioned on Daniel Boone? Well, like I said, we, we've filmed the first one in North Carolina. We're going back in spring to film the Boonesboro part of it. And I'm not sure if we have exactly planned when the last part of his life, um, when he went to Missouri. And, you know, once again, that, that huge uh, difference between the Daniel Boone people think they know and the real Daniel Boone, you know, Daniel Boone went from owning so much land and opening up all of Kentucky to dying a very poor man. Um, he actually had to live with his kids because he didn't even have his own house. And wow. everything was kind of taken away from him. Um, everybody sued him. He didn't like to fight, so he would just settle instead of even going to court to try to to see what was right and what was wrong, and then people kind of figured out that was he doing, so people that didn't even have a legitimate claim against him started suing him. Oh, my gosh. And he was like, okay, and, you know, he just started giving away everything that, that he had because when Missouri opened up, um, you know, the governor at the time said, look, if you come here because people follow you, you come here and I'm going to give you, you know, 10,000 acres. And he's like, okay. But then he never bothered to go down to court to file the papers properly. Oh. So then when America finally bought that land, um, they said, well, no, you don't have any claim to this. Oh and he goes, well, goodness. no, the governor and everybody gave them. Well, no, there's nothing filed in court. You don't own any of this land. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes the romantic side of the picture is what draws us into it, and yet you find the harsh realities of it. To me, it's still fascinating, and it's even more important. But how how interesting that it's so different than what we might initially think of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you're doing Hinton Living History. You've managed to do what I managed to do, which was to corral your kids <laughs> to go and do this show. How did they feel after the first filming and going out there and doing it? I, I know that you talked about this as kind of a pilot, so hopefully there will be more down the road. What was their response? I think in the beginning they thought Dad might be a little crazy. <laughs> they didn't really know what they were doing. They were like, why are we going? You know, what are we doing? And then once we got there, though, they were like, oh, this is great. I mean, they really, they really, really had a good time. The initial thought of it, though, was like, we were going on a trip, you know. It was like, okay, we're going on a trip. It'll be fun. And they knew they'd have a good time because Derby makes traveling fun, but they didn't really know why. I mean, the last thing we went on together was a couple of years ago, and we were in Florida uh, at his birthday, and we thought we were going to go to uh, NASA, the Space Center, on his birthday, and we ended up on a cruise to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not so bad. <laughs> Fantastic. You are a fun dad to travel really with. So that was the last time we'd sort of done a big trip. So when we said, we'll just go for the weekend. Of all of us with together. all of us together. We said, well, we're just going for the weekend. And, you know, Nikki's coming with us. And they were like, okay. And I'm like, you get to be out of school for a day. And they were like, okay. 
knew that they had some homework to do because they had to study up a little bit on, um, well, India had to study up on roads and Ryder on um, the weapons and whatnot. So they knew they had a little bit of homework to do, but they didn't really get what it was until we got there and we went into the fort and there was this reenactment thing going on. And then they were like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, it's funny, you sometimes think, you know, kids nowadays, they're always indoors and doing those things. Uh, you think that they're just going to cringe when they see the dirt and everything. But uh, it sounds like your kids were like mine. They just embrace it. And they just, I mean, it's um, real. You know what? And I, I really think if most kids would embrace it, they just don't know how. They haven't been shown or, or demonstrated. Um, most of the entertainment today is coming, once again, through the box, sitting in front of that computer. Yeah. You know, it's not even like I will assume you and me were, you know, we had the bikes and we're going around the block to, to find interesting things. And Absolutely. And I know that when we did our show that my youngest, who was 14 at the time, uh, we did the Texas Ranch House show and she went out and she spent the majority of three months of the summer in West Texas picking up mesquite wood off the ground and hauling it back to our adobe house just so we could make a fire. And what was fascinating to me was to see her embrace that role. And pretty soon she got very calculated about how and where and what time of day she was going to do it because, of you know, she didn't want to run into rattlesnakes and it didn't want it to be too hot. And she knew what time that the cooking was. And it became this real pride for her. And uh, <laughs> And to see her embrace it and for the first time, I think, and I wish every young person could experience this, this sense of, wow, they need me. I mean, if I don't show up, we don't yeah, eat. And importance, exactly. 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 And they didn't have to pay an admission ticket. Or, that's what I'm saying, it's basically free. I mean, yeah. I know there's you know the expense of getting there and everything, but the kids going out and finding a way on their own to be entertained, and like you said, find value and find an importance in what they do. So you've done this first episode. Are you kind of shopping it around? And what what kind of response are you getting from networks well, and we, producers? We're getting fabulous responses. As a matter of fact, I, I'm just building the website now because I've had so many responses to it, and it's hintonslivinghistory.com. Um, it's I mean we have a meeting tomorrow with people that are already are wanting to finance and and do the next episode and because. You know, I just think people are getting back a little bit more to family values mm -hmm. and to this kind of experience. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about most of these people are people from North Carolina and from middle America, and that's where we're really getting a lot of our response. Frankly, when I tried to shop this around Hollywood, I got the, all right, We'll, we'll put them in the clothes and we'll throw them out there in uh, the middle of the forest and we're going to watch them fight. And, and we'll do what we did to them on Texas Ranch House. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's like, it's not the whole... And, and that's why I kind of had to walk away from the Hollywood aspect of it and just do it on my own because I'm like, that's not what I want. I, I don't want this to be a reality show that way. I, I want it to be more inspirational. Like I said, my greatest goal is if I can get even a few families to to rent a motor home or, or fly there or whatever, but just as a family unit, go on an adventure. Yeah, and I really, and that, that's so much why I wanted you to come, for both of you to come on the show is because I feel like there is such a unique synergy between family history and what you're doing because 
each one of us have a family history, and every family history is part of American history or world history. And the idea that once they've done some of this legwork of finding out where their people are from, then they watch this show and they see you guys putting it into action, and you're out there doing the reenactments and doing it as a family, and that that's still possible. I, I just love the concept. Absolutely, and I will say, going back to what you said, because I flew out to North Carolina um, about five days earlier just so I could set things up and make sure everything was smooth when the family came in, because as you heard from Mom, she wasn't even that exciting to have them miss one day of school. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure I kind of set everything up so we could come and film this whole thing in a weekend, which once again is showing the families that, you know, this isn't a a big, long commitment. We're talking, you know, a weekend, maybe three days with travel time. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first flew in, um, once again, Gail, my producer in North Carolina, set it up where I was staying at the location where my grandfather's hotel was. You know, now it's called the Blockade Runner Hotel. Yeah. And the first night I got there was late. I think I got in at about 11, 12 at night by the time I got in. And, you know, it was cold and everything. But I walked out, and I walked out on that beach, and that whole thing of, this is where my dad walked. This is the beach my dad played on. Right. My father owned this. And then I went back to look at some of the pictures. I found one album of his that had some pictures of him as a kid. And I saw him in front of the lattice work on a beach, but I had no idea. And then doing some of the research, and there was a wonderful lady in North Carolina, um, Beverly, that works at the library there, that, that brought all these old pictures of the hotel out and, and really gave me some of the, my first kind of inkling of, of the history there. But then I saw pictures of the hotel, and like, that's his hotel that he was standing mm-hmm. in front of. So not only was I feeling alive that I was standing on that beach, it was just magical, and of course the sky was gorgeous and everything else, but now all those pictures, when I look at them, come even more alive. And you know, that's another wonderful thing, too. When I was there, they drove me by the houses that the two brothers were in, actually, um, are now, um, I don't want to say national monuments, but they're, they're historical monuments. Yes. Houses are still there. They have plaques on them that this was a Hinton house. And, yeah, that that gives you a little bit of pride, too. Yeah. Well, you know, when you mentioned that house, I actually found somebody, maybe it was for the National Register, if you're saying that the house is on the National Register, but I actually printed out and found the deed research that was done on the house, showing it being sold back and forth and the, the times in which the Hintons owned it and who they sold it to and that kind of thing. I guess they had to do that to, to get it registered. Well, you know, and that's a wonderful thing, too, is now that um, because we got some wonderful press when we were in North Carolina that this was happening, that now through the website, because on com, I have a contact us, and um, one of the families living in the house contacted and said, you know, when you ever come back here, just let me know. I'll, just give me a little warning so I can run the vacuum, but if you want to come through the house and look at it, you're more than welcome to. And I think that's just great. Yeah, that's neat. It's funny. I always say genealogists are the, the nicest people. So are historians. They're just, they, they know that there's a connection, and that just kind of opens the doors, doesn't it? It certainly does. Well, Darby and Sean, this has been a, a, a real pleasure for me to get a chance to get to know you, to talk to you about your family, and I love the idea about this show. You're going to keep us informed now, right? Kind of let I us know where we'll find it. I will keep you informed, and I want to thank you so much, um, not only for the help you've given me, 
but for the help that you're giving everybody else in helping them find their family roots and their family trees because I, I really think we're getting back more to that. Maybe that's why all this situation with the finances and everything that's happening now is supposed to be happening is so that people really get back to what really counts and that's family and the connections and the, more the simple things in life. Well, kudos to you for sharing with other families some ideas about how they can have some fun together and kind of return to those gentler times. I, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, if you're coming out, for, I saw on your website where there was a conference in Burbank. If you're coming out, please let me know. I'd love to have a lunch or a dinner with you. I will be there. I am going to be teaching and speaking, and I will have a booth. I mean, I'm going to be there for the whole weekend. So absolutely, cool. I'm taking you up on it. Fabulous. Okay. Fabulous. I look forward to it. Hi there, this is Lisa Cook of Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. Have you ever wondered who your ancestors were? Finding your family history has never been easier or more rewarding. Get the tools that will deliver success along with inspiring stories of family discovery on my weekly show, Family History, Genealogy Made Easy, on personallifemedia.com. In episode 22 of the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast, Ken Marks told us about his new television series called Legend Seekers. It's a unique hybrid, an entertaining reality investigation and historic documentary of everyday ordinary people with legendary family stories. In the show, they discover, authenticate, and reenact these legends. The stories are told through the use of travel, research, genealogy, experts, and cutting-edge science. Ken Marks and his partner, Frank Haney, and their production crew collectively hold nine regional Emmys and have significant U.S. network and national cable credits. In this final segment of my conversation with Ken, he's going to tell us about their brand new interactive website that will allow you, the family historian, to submit your own family legends for possible inclusion in the show. Here's my conversation with Ken. Well, I know that along with the television show, you have a new website that's going to be launching. And I think this is a fantastic inspiration on your part because you're really giving the listener and the viewer a way to truly be kind of become part of the show. Tell us about your new website. Well, it, it, you're right. It, it's always been the design of the, of the uh, television series that stories, because they're about ordinary, everyday people, the stories would come from the audience. We, we never, we never uh, set out to you know, uh, find these stories and, and say, this is what we were going to do. We always thought that the story ideas would come from the audience. And um, as we got into the development process uh, of, of putting the website together, we realized that the most exciting thing that's happening really on the Internet is YouTube. And uh, we said, well, what if, every, what if we had YouTube for genealogy? What if people could just relate their stories, uh, you know, not, not getting involved in the, in the you know, the, the detailed part of the reference material, not into the, in, deep into the research, but, you know, what's the family story that's been passed down from generation to generation? And we set out to create a website that will allow the audience to 
send in their family legends, either in video form or in written form with a photograph. And it's a very exciting site. We can't wait for it to launch. Uh, I know you've had a chance to just peruse it just, just a bit, but you can, you'll be able to send in your family legends. Uh, people will be able to vote on them, just like in, in YouTube. You'll be able to add comments, right. be able to share them uh, with a variety of people. And the whole idea, the whole idea being that this becomes the pipeline for uh, the show development. I think it's brilliant, and I think even if hopefully you get thousands and thousands of submissions, you know, as as somebody visiting the website, I just became riveted by listening to the stories, and I don't know, it's kind of exciting to hear other people. Gosh, they're having the same kinds of questions, same kinds of stories that I have in my family, and um, and I'm sure then to know that you guys are going to kind of pick the the best of the best and the most interesting and develop those into full blown features i just think it's a it's about time <laughs> i mean you know I, I know i have my videos on youtube and such and there's several people in genealogy doing that but uh, this one's really devoted to the stories and i love that because i think it's fascinating on many levels well you're right i, I think uh, you know since since we first started filming from the minute we started filming uh, the pilot program the minute we, the camera would stop uh, members of the crew or people who were standing by watching or some of the historical reenactors would come up to us and go, you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> my great great grandfather, uh, you know, robbed a train or was, you know, smuggling uh, booze during the prohibition or, or what, whatever it might be. And the stories kept coming and coming and coming. And uh, the more we looked at it, the more we realized that there were people, people are searching for a place to put out their stories. Right now, we know that people are building independent websites in right. honor of their stories or their, or their ancestors. Um, people are putting their stories on YouTube. They're putting them on Facebook. They're putting them in a lot of places. But there really isn't a, a central place for people you know, that focuses like, like a laser beam just on the story or the legend being told. And that's what LegendSeekers.com is. Yeah, you bet. Now, this is really a whole website endeavor in addition to a television show. You've become a webmaster. <laughs> this may uh, certainly take off and have more of a life of its own. Are you ready for that? I'll tell you, it's a big production. We started on this. I had no idea that it was, it, it's about as hard or maybe even harder than putting together a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, you know, and this is a very in-depth site. I mean, you've got things as far as ask the experts you've got some great experts on there you've got um a place where people can go and get some ideas on tips and tricks and things that they can use for themselves and then also the whole area area of submitting your legend and voting on legends um there's just going to be an awful lot of different ways for people to interact oh without without a doubt and 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 you brought up a good point the, the experts involved we, we've got our, our team of people um on the website which is uh some pretty, you know, pretty prominent people in the field. I mean, we've got Tony Burroughs, who is a, uh, a noted genealogist. Yes. I'm sure your audience knows, may know him better than I knew him at the start of the project. <laughs> Actually, he'll be on the show here pretty soon as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I, I expect he will be. He's uh, uh, he has reviewed the program. In fact, he, in fact, if you if you go to the sponsorship section of, of the website, there's a little video of Tony on there talking about the show. Oh, great. John, you probably did, didn't find it. It's a pretty hard-to-find place, but 
yeah, he, it's uh, and, and we have a you know we have a historian, and we've got a whole we've got a whole team put together really to create these shows because the the design of the program is that it'd be a weekly show. Great, a, a weekly show, and then I assume it would just it would have um, regular seasons like other TV shows do, and exactly okay. Great. And then is it going to be strictly by the voting of the viewers or what's going to be your process for picking out the gems that you want to highlight in the actual show? Well, certainly the voting the voting will have, will play a, a very significant role. We have some other criteria and uh in the in the you know one of the criteria is diversity. We we intend to have as diverse a, a assembly of stories as possible. I just in the queue, we because we have to have some shows in the queue ready to go. Uh, we have a, a, a Trail of Tears story. We have an Underground Railroad story. We've, we've got an Ellis Island type story. So we've got uh, uh, diversity is, is, is one factor. Um, storytelling impact certainly is, is a factor. I mean, you know, it's got to be an interesting story in and of itself. Right. And lastly, you know, some. Authenticity. I mean, it, it's got to be real. I mean, uh, you know, one thing we discovered, and, and I'm sure this, this is something your audience runs into a lot, is there's a lot of people laying claim to pieces of history. You know, they, they all seem to be related. Yeah. If, if you know what I mean. And, and we found this. We found this in, in the production of our pilot. I mean, there were a couple of potential people who, who we were going to film claim to be related and only one of the people actually were <laughs> wow so um and and in fact uh we intend to make that part of the show as well there will be some shows where we have you know two families claiming to be related to the legend and uh we will wait to the end of the show to find out who actually is so uh, there's there's going to be some interesting twists and turns well, that's the element that reminds me of the Antiques Roadshow. I just watched where somebody had all this um, authentic certi- certification of this violin being a particular ancient violin, and it turned out it was just a fantastic reproduction. And yet, and that was riveting too, though, to see how they actually came to find that out, because we have to know that not every legend in our background is 100% true. Well, they tend to get embellished. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I think that the, the idea that you are in, incorporating people into the show is fantastic. And I'm wondering, have you run up across, particularly as you were out there pitching the idea to different places, I imagine you probably heard from at least one TV exec who said, you know, well, what's the catch? You know, or how are we going to, you know, pump this up? Did, did you find you had to pump up these stories or did you find that these stories really were um, fascinating enough on their own? They're absolutely fascinating enough on their own. They 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 do not need to be pumped up, and I and and I have to say, uh, the we have been getting some press within the genealogy community, and uh, and what we're hearing in the comments to the blogs, or what we're reading in the comments to the blogs, is uh, people are saying, you know, it's about time that there's somebody has a show about ordinary people. Because uh, you've seen some of the specials about uh, some of the celebrities, and they trace their roots back. Uh, you know, they're interesting, but people, we find that fa- the stories that are just absolutely fascinating are just right in front of us, mm-hmm. in our faces. Because it's really easy to get that idea that, oh, I guess you have to be 
famous or a celebrity or have this amazing family tree connected to all these presidents to, to be fascinating. And yet you're kind of just breaking that myth and you're creating the the perception that as soon as people see this lively story, I mean, I watched the trailer, they're going to realize, wow, we're, we all have American history stories. We all have fascinating, um, riveting, exciting stories that happen, and, and some that are touching and quiet. I'm sure not every one of them is going to be a massacre, but you're probably going to have a wide range of stories, all of which kind of can stand on their own merits. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't have to be, you know, historically connected. I mean, um, sometimes they're stories of just about courage, just yeah. pure, pure courage. You know, somebody had the courage to, you know, at a very young age to hop on a steamship and travel to America, that's courage. And, 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 and it, it can become an interesting story in and of itself. Exactly. Well, will the new site, as it launches tomorrow, as of this recording, will it also be at legendseekers.com, or do we have a different yeah. website? Yeah, it in fact will be. It'll be legendseekers.com. Fantastic. And then tell us again, lastly, for those of us who are the folks who are listening, who are excited about what you're doing and cheering you on, tell them again, how can they support you in getting this show out um, across the country? The ultimate goal, the, the, the show, of course, is still a pilot. And um, the ultimate goal, and it should be stressed, is for us to find underwriting for the series. And so we're looking for a major national sponsor. The best thing that can be done to support that is to get the pilot shown uh, in their market area. And what the listeners can do is contact their public television station, talk to the programming director, tell them they want to see Legend Seekers. And then when the show uh, appears in their market, go to the website, show support in that way. And by all means, I have every confidence that someone in your audience out there knows uh, sponsors capable of, of the kind of commitment it takes to sponsor a te television series like this and bring it to their attention. You bet. It's all about social networking, right? Somebody out there knows somebody. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Ken, thank you so much for taking the time for uh, visiting with us today and helping us to see that uh, somebody out there is really committed to all of our stories, and, and it's an exciting way that you are bringing them to life. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. Looking for a way to get even more genealogy gems that will power boost your research, inspire your creativity, and give you the motivation you need to tackle that brick wall? Become a Genealogy Gems Premium member and start reaping the benefits right away. And by entering the coupon code SAVE20, you can get 20% off the annual membership. You'll get two extra members-only episodes every month packed with great information you can use right away, an instructional video series walking you through the best internet tools and family history projects step-by-step. Step. And membership is not only educational, it's fun. You can synergize with other listeners in the message forum and even try your hand at the genealogy-themed crossword puzzles. If you enjoy the Genealogy Gems podcast, then you're going to love being a Genealogy Gems premium member. But don't just take my word for it. Here's what your fellow Genealogy Gems podcast listeners have to say. 
Thank you very much for your wonderful podcast. It's helped me out immensely. Keep up the good work. Thanks again for everything that you do and for bringing things into a new perspective. I'm calling because I wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed episode number four. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. I learned so much from your podcast and look forward to each new episode. To become a premium member and start reaping the benefits right away, go to www.genealogygems.tv and click the Join Today button. Be sure and type in the special coupon code SAVE20, that's S-A-V-E-2-0, and you'll get 20% off the annual membership. Don't drive through your research with the handbrake on. Go full throttle by being a Genealogy Gems Premium Member. Well, that wraps up this genealogy channel surfing episode of the Genealogy Gems podcast. My thanks to Darby Hinton and Ken Marks for joining us here on the show. And finally, I want to mention that it looks like the Who Do You Think You Are TV series, which is coming to America from the UK, has indeed won its spot back on the spring calendar. And NBC has officially announced on its website that it will indeed premiere on April 20th, 2009 at 8 p.m. So mark your calendars. It's great to see this wave of genealogy shows hitting the airwaves, isn't it? And my hope is that it will bring genealogy to the forefront of the television viewers' minds as a fun and a challenging endeavor. And my goal here on the show is to bring the best genealogy gems to you to help you stay inspired and give you the research tools that you need to climb your family tree. To stay up to date on everything going on with both podcasts, be sure and sign up for the free e-newsletter. You get two emails a month with sneak peeks at what's coming up on the show and research tips and recommended websites that you're not going to find anywhere else. Your email address is kept absolutely confidential and we won't share it with anybody. So I'll have a link for you to sign up today in the show notes uh, for this episode, or you can go to the genealogygems.tv homepage. Well, have a wonderful week, and thanks so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon.